It is my joy to welcome you to today's podcast. Our prayer is that the Lord will minister to you in a special way during our time together. Greetings to all of you. And before we get into the word today, let's just bow our heads in prayer. Lord, we just want to thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this time of worship. Thank you, Lord, for the worship prepares our heart to receive the word. Father, I just want to pray that as I stand to bring in your message, I feel inadequate, Lord, but I know that your strength is manifested in our weaknesses. Lord, I pray to you that you minister to your people. Allow your word, Lord, today to be a soothing balm to souls which long for you, God, which longs for the very touch of you and your love master. I pray, Lord, that you increase and I decrease, God. Bless the people, Lord, for your name's sake. We exalt your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, church, as I was meditating on the fact as to what I should bring to you today. My eyes fell on the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 18. Now this verse speaks about comprehension of the love of God. It speaks about the dimensions. It says, Lord enable us to comprehend the length and the breadth of your love. Enable us to comprehend the depth and the height of your love. And as one meditated on that verse, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how can I get the glimpse of what your heart is all about? How can I know how your heart feels, how your heart thinks, how your heart every time expresses compassion? What is the measurable factor of what you just brought in this verse, that is the length and the breadth, the height and the depth. And it was at that time when the Lord took me to the book of 1 Samuel in the Old Testament, chapter 13, verse 14. This is an encounter between prophet Samuel and King Saul. King Saul was given instructions that you will only make a sacrifice when Samuel arrives, but he disobeys the instructions of Samuel. And that's the time when the Lord speaks through Samuel and Samuel makes this prophetic statement to Saul that your kingdom is gone and God has prepared a man of his own heart who will now get into the kingship of Israel. And the same verse is written by Luke in the book of Acts when we read in Acts chapter 14 verse 22 where it again says that the Lord has sought David son of Jesse as a man after God's own heart. As one meditated upon Ephesians 3.18 and then coming on to 1 Samuel what Samuel made a prophetic statement about a man that is David having God's own heart, one thought of a simple mathematical equation. If A is equal to B and B is equal to C, that implies 
that A is equal to C. Now the same mathematical equation I applied in what I was reading that Lord, if I study some portions from the word of God to get the glimpse of the heart of David, I will be able to get the glimpse of your heart because David is a man sought after your heart. With that as a backdrop, the title of my talk and message today is Glimpse of the Heart of God. We are going to be referring to the Old Testament portion from 2 Samuel, primarily going over the story of relationship between David and his son Absalom. And in between, we will try and draw an analogy of what we read in Luke chapter 15, that is story of the prodigal son. You need not make notes because this will be like a story and I pray that the learnings of this message gets embedded in your spirit. We will look at five factors which will give us a glimpse of the heart of God. Let's get into the book of 2 Samuel chapter 13. Now this is where the story begins. David, of course, in his life has several marriages and several children. Now Tamar is one of the daughters of David. Tamar is beautiful and one of David's sons, that means the cousin of Tamar, has a crush on Tamar. The name of the cousin is Amnon. Now Amnon tries his, his thinking, you know, his, his ways. How can he get Tamar to himself? The Bible says that he pretends that he's sick. And when David visits him, he says, well, dad, why don't you ask Tamar to come and take care of me? Now, this was his plot to get Tamar near and close to him. Tamar, his sister, comes across to him with a preview so that she can take care of him. But the intent and thoughts of Amnon were not clean. He asks her to come close to her and thereafter violates her or in simple words, rapes her. The Bible says that he thought that he loved Tamar, but once he commits this, this heinous act, he actually starts hating Tamar. Now Tamar has a brother, Absalom. And Absalom is filled with rage and anger when he hears as to what happens to his sister, Tamar. Now, as we read in the story and we move ahead in 2 Samuel chapter 13, what we come across is that Absalom carries this hurt in his heart. As we get across into 2 Samuel chapter 13, and we read and we read verse 23 it speaks about that 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 absalom is carrying this hurt for almost 2 years that means he's carrying this vengeance attitude in him for 2 years not wanting to bring it out behaving as if everything is normal and after 2 years he gets across to his father that is david and says well dad I need to take all my brothers and sisters and maybe go for an outing 
to a particular place. Well, this is exactly what the word of God is speaking. And David says, well, why do you have to go? And he insists and make David agree to himself and takes all his cousins out into a different place. And he gives instructions to his security that when he says attack, they should attack and kill Amnon. So what Absalom does is that Absalom kills his brother. Now, after that, Absalom has the fear in him. And if you read in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 13 and comes across and come across to verse 38, the Bible says that Absalom gets across to a place called Geshur and he's there for three years. Let's look at the timings. In one chapter, in one chapter, what we see is the Tamar instance and two years lapses. And after two years, we find Absalom committing the murder of his brother and then absconding to Geshur for three years. So five years lapses in chapter 13 of 2 Samuel. The verse which I want to highlight to you is verse 39 of 2 Samuel chapter 13, where it says that David was comforted over the death of his son Amnon, but his heart longed for Absalom. The first thing when you look at the heart of God is that the heart of God yearns for his children. What did Absalom do? Did he crack the IIT? Did he get a job in Google or Microsoft? Did he get first rank in his 12th or 10th? Did he say yes, dad, to everything what mom and dad brought out to him? No, he was a rebellious child. He was a child who carried hatred in his heart. He was a child who was harboring vengeance in his heart. He was a child who cheated his father by saying that he wants to take his cousins for a picnic. But that was a plot which he had made to kill his own brother. But yet the Bible speaks in verse 39 that the heart of David yearned for his son or longed for his son Absalom. Isn't this amazing? Isn't this amazing when you really sit in his presence and ask the Lord, Lord, show me the glimpse of your heart. And the Lord says, my heart longs for sinners. My heart even longs for believers who have turned away from me, who have rebelled against me. And even for non-believers who are walking on their path, they may be rebellious. They may be absolutely holding vengeance and jealousy in their heart with nothing. Which is, which is what I need, but yet my heart, my heart longs for them. That's the first characteristics, characteristic of the heart of God. Let's, let's, let's move ahead with the story. And as we move ahead with the story, we come across to 2 Samuel chapter 14 and then we come across to 2 Samuel chapter 15. Now Joab who is supposed to be the journal in David's army, he understands the heart of 
David that David's heart is longing for his son Absalom. So he tries, you know, to build up a story and enact certain things. If you can read in chapter 14 of 2 Samuel and finally, you know, David agrees and says, all right, get Absalom back. And David says this across in 2 Samuel chapter 14. When we read, when we read this, it's in verse 21 when David says, get Samuel, get Absalom back. And, and that's the time when they get Absalom back. And as they get Absalom back, Absalom does not come into the palace where David is staying, but he is given a separate house where he stays. And Bible says again, two years passed. That means Absalom has come back to Jerusalem, but he has not yet paid visit to his dad, but he's staying in his own house and two years passes. And now I want to give you an instance what happens. Absalom calls for Joab and says, Joab, I want to meet you. And Joab says, well, I'm a little committed. I have no time. And Absalom says, Joab, I want to meet you. Absalom says, I'm a little committed. I have no time. Joab says, this guy is not going to come to me. So he sets his field on fire. And that's what get Joab back to him. And Absalom says, why have you got me here if I can't get into the presence of my dad? And, and Joab takes Absalom to King's palace. And in verse 33 of 2 Samuel 14, what you see is, you know, a, a sort of a thing. If you picturize that in the grand palace of David, David is sitting on the throne and Absalom enters the door of the palace and he has all his ministers who are sitting on to his right and left and David gets up from his throne, walks across to his son Absalom and accepts him with a kiss. The second thing which I want to bring to you is the heart of God accepts his children. Now, when I cover these two important parameters of the glimpse of heart of God, the heart of God which yearns for his children, it is not dependent on how and what their children do. It is not dependent on the rank what the children may get in the class. But it is entirely dependent the way the heart of God is. And in the second factor of the acceptance of the heart of God, now we will try and draw an analogy of what we have read in 2 Samuel chapter 13 and 14 alongside with Luke chapter 15, the story of prodigal son. Well, there also we see when the younger son asks for his money and his property and he says, Dad, it's time for me to say goodbye to you. And he leaves the house with all what he wanted from his father. Father's eyes looked for the son to return back. Father's eyes looked for the son to return back. So the father in the prodigal son story, which we read in Luke chapter 15, also yearns and longs for his son to come back. And when we read in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 33, David also yearns for Absalom to come back. But there is a difference in the second acceptance. What is the acceptance in the prodigal son story? And what is the acceptance of what we read in the book of 2 Samuel uh, chapter 14, verse 33, where David kissed 
his son Absalom. Let me explain to you this difference. In the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son repented. In the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son thought to himself that in my father's house, the servant whom my father's hired live a better life than what I am living. So I will head back to my father's house. I'm not going to ask for any claims from him. I'm not going to tell my dad, dad, restore me back my status, restore me back my sonship. But I will ask my dad, dad, hire me like one of the laborers whom you hire, Lord, because, because that's what I deserve. That's repentance. That's brokenness. That's a stage when we get into the presence of the Lord and we say, Lord, I don't deserve anything, Lord, because I hurt you. I don't deserve your love, Lord, because I rebelled against you. The prodigal son repented. But in the case, what we have studied in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 14, Absalom has not repented. How did it become evident to me? If you read the first verse of 2 Samuel 15, it says that Absalom acquired for himself chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. Imagine the chariot of Absalom being pulled by six horses and 50 men in their armor are running before that chariot. And on the other hand, you look at the attitude of the prodigal son. The prodigal son coming with an intent that, Dad, I don't need anything from you, God, but all I need from you is forgiveness. All I need from you is to give me any menial job in, the, in your house so that I can repent of what I have done. Here, what I want to bring to you is two different forms in which son approached back the father. The prodigal son approached the father with repentance and Absalom approached David without repentance. But what I want to highlight to you, church, is not the attitude of both the children, but I want to highlight to you the response of the father, whether it is the father in the story of the prodigal son, or it is the father's heart in David, both fathers accepted their children. The heart of God accepts even the unrepented heart when it comes back to him. David, very well knew that Absalom's heart is not repented. David very well was aware that he has come back with some schemes in his mind. David would have been given the entire information that in order to get to the palace, he burned down the field of his journal Joab and then could get an access to his palace. But despite knowing everything, David got down met him and kissed him. I want to tell you, church, sometime our thinking and our comprehension on the love of God makes that love conditional, makes that love conditional to an extent 
Only if I do this will God love me. Only if I am able to measure up to some standards will God love me. But here in this story, when you understand the heart of David, which the Bible speaks about the man having a heart, which is a heart of God, where what exactly has Absalom done so far to get any favors from David? He has done nothing, absolutely zero. And yet, that heart accepted Absalom. Let's get across in the same chapter, which is 2 Samuel chapter 15. Now, Absalom goes out of David's palace and he's having chariots and horses. And, and the Bible says he gets to the gate of the palace and people are coming to the palace with their grievances. And Absalom says, you don't have to go in. I can be your judge. And he starts you know, taking the authority in his hands. And as he starts taking the authority in his hands, the Bible speaks in verse 6 of 2 Samuel 15 that he stole the hearts of people of Israel. And as we go ahead in verse 7, it speaks that he continued all this for four years. Now, again, it's an important factor what I want to bring to your knowledge. Now, Absalom is trying to, to win the hearts and minds of people. Nothing wrong. The Bible speaks he's a handsome guy. The Bible speaks he's a son of a king. So obviously, he's preparing himself to come into kingship after his father. But his intent was not to come the right way. His intent was to build up the army and to throw his father away from the palace. And that's exactly what he does in that four years. And as we as we come across to verse, as we come across to verse 14, and as we come across to verse 14 in 2 Samuel chapter 15, the Bible's the Bible says that the news comes across to David, and, and they say, David, you know, well, you know today Absalom is going to attack against you, and it's time that you need to flee from this place. And 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 that's the time when David says, All right, if I need to flee, let me just let me just flee across from, from this place. And and that's the time when David flees. Now I would want to dwell on verse 25 and 26 of 2 Samuel chapter 15. This is this is what David says. David says, Lord, if I find favor in your eyes, you will get me back to my palace. Now, David is speaking this to this to Zadok. You know, the ark of the the ark of the Lord has come out and David is sending the ark back into Jerusalem. And he says, ark of the Lord need not come with me. If the Lord has favor upon me, I will come back to Jerusalem and see the place where the ark of the Lord is. And if the Lord's favor is not upon me, let it be so. Let's just meditate on this instance. First, verse 14, where David flees and the Bible speaks, there is a lot of weeping. Some people accompany David as he walks out of the palace. Now, David is walking out of the palace. I want to tell you, church, 
David did not say, all right, let's get to the airport. I have already spoken to the queen in England. I have, a, I, have a, I have taken political asylum. I have invested so many million pounds and dollars in Swiss bank. And I have a house in States and I have a house in Switzerland. And I have a palace in so-and-so place. So we can get across to any place till the time I figure out I have to, how I have to deal with my son Absalom. But what is of importance is David gives up all. And I want to emphasize on the word all. The glimpse of father's heart makes the father gives all for his children. Not for children who are good, but for children who are rebels. When you read the verse in, in the Gospel of John 3.16, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Let's not read that verse as a cliche and sit with that verse. Lord, you gave your only son. What does that mean? God gave all. David gave up all. A shepherd boy whom God trained, a, a man who became a king, united Judah and Israel, became one of the most powerful king in that time, decided to just step out of his palace because he got the news that his son is attacking the palace. Instead of putting resistance, instead of getting more information about the attack, he just takes a decision that he has to flee from the palace and he makes a statement that if I come under the favor of the Lord. The Lord will get me back. But Lord, even if it does not happen, it's fine with me. A father's heart wants to give all. Give up all. And that's what David did. And I, the reason why I emphasize on timings is also to make you understand. Four years Absalom was plotting and scheming to bring up this rebellion against David. You mean to say David didn't have any intelligence bureau in his kingdom? David didn't have any sort of an intelligence or spy network in his kingdom where he was not getting reports of what Absalom is planning and doing. Everything would be coming back to him. He was a king who was well versed in war, in fighting, in strategies. But his heart was wanting to give up all. The father's heart longs. The father's heart accepts. The father's heart gives. Let's move ahead. Let's move ahead into the same story. David moves out and David moves out with, with few of his people. And now, now we get across to the book of 2 Samuel. And as we continue, we get across to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 17. And as we get across to uh, 17 chapter, you know, now Absalom has entered the palace of of King David. And, and David is fleeing where? I've already said he's in the wilderness. He has no palace. He has no roof. He's just out with such, such just handful of people alongside with him. And look at what's happening in, 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 in verse 2. And I want you to understand this. You see the planning happening in the operations room where Absalom has now taken over the kingship. And one of the advisors of Absalom says, Absalom, you know, actually, king, we have nothing against David's army because David's army is an asset to you. So when we go out, we are not going to kill the army of David. 
but we are going to kill david and get all his soldiers back because eventually they're going to join your army and as i meditated on this verse they were actually plotting to kill david and now let's come across in the same chapter and and we read across verse uh, we get across to chapter 18 of second samuel and we uh, and we read verse uh, verse 5 so what i mentioned to you was second samuel 17 verse 2 where they are plotting to kill david and now i get across to second samuel chapter 18 verse 5 look at david's response david is also preparing his people to go into war or to go into a combat with absalom army and when they are ready to leave david says hang on hang on when you go out in this battle be gentle be gentle with absalom i want to bring to you church the extreme the extreme in first samuel 17 verse 2 where the son is plotting to kill the father and the extreme where father who has lost everything is sending his army to save his kingdom from a rebel and still passes instructions to his general please deal with my son gently the heart of god is full of concern for us and gentle the heart of god cares for us the heart of god looks for us and searches for us sometimes we feel that lord you have forgotten us sometimes we feel lord you are not near us sometimes we feel lord have have our have our actions annoyed you lord have have our rebellion brought you uh, brought us away from you or have you stopped taking care of us but i want to bring to you church that the heart of god still concerns for you and cares for you because you are his children and that's what the bible says and the fourth thing is that the heart of god is filled with concern and compassion and care is our feelings in us which makes us think oh i'm no good so god has forgotten me maybe i have done something wrong so god has gone away from me how can i ever get back to god well it just takes one word for us to get back to him and that word is lord i'm sorry lord i'm sorry I look for restoration. I look for reconciliation. His heart is a her heart which is full of concern. And and in the heart of David God is revealing to us his heart where the son is planning to kill him. And David is asking, "Be gentle. Be gentle when you go out to battle." Now the battle begins. The battle begins in 2 Samuel chapter 18. and absalom dies in that battle david is sitting waiting for some messengers to come and give him the news and he sees one of the messenger coming in now david gets up to hear the news and the messenger wants to give the news where he says oh king you are so good king you know we have won and all the story of the battle which is on and in verse 28 of second samuel 18 
David doesn't listen to the story of victory, but David asks the question, how is Absalom? It's remarkable when you read this. It's really remarkable. It's really beyond my comprehension. Lord, how could, how could David ask that question? Lord, Lord, he was out. He had given up all. He was in less numbers. The army which was against him was much larger and his own life was in danger. The life of his men was in danger. Instead of listening to the news intently, he is asking the question in verse 28. How is Absalom? That's the concern. That's the concern which I was talking about. That the heart of David was gentle. Heart of David was full of care and concern. The Bible says that two messengers come to David, giving out the news of victory. And to both the messengers, David asked the same question. The second messenger brings out to David that Absalom has died and David starts mourning aloud. Oh, Absalom, my son. Oh, Absalom, my son. The heart of David harbored gentleness, concern and care for his son. Let's get to 2 Samuel chapter 19 and we look at the fifth trait of the heart of David. And bring it and bring it and dovetail into the heart of God. Now, what happens in in chapter 19? You know, the army commander comes back and they are all happy, rejoicing because David has to get back to Jerusalem, back to his palace. You know, there is a lot of rejoicing, and David is sad because Absalom is no more. David is weeping and David is crying there. And that's the time when Joab comes and Joab starts hammering David and rebuking David. He says, Well, David, I don't think you love any one of us. I I don't think, David, that you care for any one of us, that what you care for is that man, Absalom, who rebelled against you. And he is speaking all those things to David. And I was thinking when I was reading those portions in the word of God, how can a king take a rebuke from, from, from his journal and from his subordinate. But David was taking everything because deep in his heart, he was mourning for Absalom. The heart of David was tolerant to take a rebuke because of his child who was rebellious. Now that's again a similarity. When you see the elder son coming back in the story of prodigal son, he rebukes the father and says, Dad, how dare you spend so much money on the younger son who has already spent so much and wasted away? Why do you do such things? The father in the story of prodigal son took the rebuke of the elder son. And in the story of 2 Samuel chapter 19, David takes the rebuke of his journal Joab, what comes against him. What we have learned today, church, are five traits which gives us just a glimpse, a tip of the iceberg of the heart of David in the story of David and Absalom. David's heart longed for Absalom. David's heart accepted Absalom. David's heart 
gave all for Absalom. David's heart was full of gentleness, concern and care for Absalom. David's heart took the rebuke for Absalom and Absalom was a rebellious child. That's the love of God for us. Church, I just want to tell you, no matter in whatever state we are, we may know Christ, we may not know Christ. We may have experienced the love of God, but still decided to move on our way. But if you are the one listening to this message, there is a comeback. And that comeback says just one word, sorry. And I want to tell you, even if you do not say sorry, your father in heaven is still concerned about you, is still gentle towards you, will still take the rebuke for you and has given up all for you. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you minister to your people. Lord, you minister, Lord. Lord, it is difficult for us to comprehend, Lord, the length and breadth, the depth and height of your love. But Lord, when we see certain stories in the word of God, you give us some standards of your love, God. Thank you, Father. I pray, Lord, allow this love to be received by many. Allow this glimpse of heart of David, which is equivalent to your heart, heart to reach many hearts today, God. We thank you, Master. We thank you. Bless the church, Lord, in times such as these. Keep your sheep safe, God, in times such as these, Lord. Put your blood around them, Lord, that nothing which is not from you should ever touch them or their families, God. Make them victorious in what they do. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking time to listen. If you would like more information about our church or would like to make a comment, please mail us at info at newlifeag.in. God bless you.